0: This is the Internet channel for the study of Hegel, and here is your host, Robert Vane. So, hi everyone. Um, I'm going to talk about paragraph 495 and 496 from Hegel's Encyclopedia, and both paragraphs deal with the transition between uh, contract. And what Hegel calls um, das Recht gegen das Unrecht, right versus wrong. And we will see that um, the notion of um, uh, liberty um, is now turned upside down, is shown to be um, self-contradictory, um, especially when we consider the relationship between contract on the one side, this commonality of particular wills um, disagreement between wills on the one side and on the other side the necessity uh, of willcure that is to say the necessity uh, for freedom to emphasize its possibility to be arbitrary uh, to um, be able to change your mind so that is the situation we have to deal with uh, let's, let's look at it like this we have considered that um, we can have something like a contract there is a positive relationship between two wills um, one is giving up a property the other one is uh, acquiring a property in um, a normal exchange a fair exchange one is getting uh, what he wants and the other is getting what he wants there is an exchange of property And um, that is an instance of a commonality. Now, is this truly the universal expression of freedom? Is this the full developed conceptual reality? Um, Notice the combination conceptual reality, so a reality that fully expresses the concept and a concept that is fully in conformity with um, reality. Um, Do we have already the full and positive expression of social freedom? Of course, the answer will be no. We're still in the sphere of abstract right, so um, we're just making one step forward. Um, We started with the arbitrary will. We had the negative relationship between two arbitrary wills, the one excluding the other from... um, uh, one's own property, the the property of that person. Um, And now we have contracts, so we have an agreement, we have commonality of these arbitrary wills, um, and now we have to see whether or not that contract is um, the full expression of freedom. So I want to invite you to take a look at paragraph 495. I will read the German and then the English translation, and then we will dive into the text. Um, so just pause the audio now and read for yourself paragraph 495. Okay, welcome back. Paragraph 495. Der Vertrag Als eine aus der willkür entstandene Übereinkunft und über eine zufällige Sache, enthält zugleich das Gesetzsein des akzidentellen Willens. Dieser ist dem Rechte ebenso wohl auch nicht angemessen und bringt so Unrecht hervor, wodurch aber das Recht, welches an und für sich ist, nicht aufgehoben wird, sondern nur ein Verhältnis des Rechts zum Unrecht entsteht. So, the contract the contract has an agreement which has a voluntary origin aus uh, der willkür entstandene Übereinkunft. So this voluntary origin, um, you have to understand that that deals with the arbitrariness of a free will. It has a voluntary origin. It originates in the arbitrary will of a person and deals with a casual commodity. Sache, something which is completely coincidental. You could want it; you could also want something else. So it's in that sense casual or zufällig, coincidental. And held so gleich gezet sein involves at the same time the giving to this accidental will a positive fixity. So this accidental will, uh, this Um, not substantial will and the substantial will would be the complete and developed form of freedom Um, this will is merely accidental it's something that uh, occurs it's uh, something that i want but do not necessarily want um uh, i can change my mind etc that's why it's an accidental will um but it has a gazette sign. So here uh, the translation says um, to give a positive fixity. That is quite an interesting translation. Uh, gazette sign, it's posited. My accidental will, which is completely arbitrary and uh, just a coincidence that I want this thing and, and uh, this thing happened to be in my environment etc um, but I posit it I I make this, this claim we talked about that earlier I make this claim I want let's say this cup of coffee I want this cup of coffee now that is a, a positioning uh, an expression of my arbitrary or accidental will now as soon as I say that in the form of an agreement with someone else Uh, let's say, the exchange between two dollars and a cup of coffee, there is an agreement, a contract, um, now this accidental will has a positive fixity. It's now um, determined that I want it, um, and it's not merely dependent upon myself, but also on the partner in that agreement, um, who will give it to me in exchange for two dollars, for instance. We continue with the English translation. This will may just as well not be conformable to law or to right, and in that case produces a wrong. Now, why does he say that? Because willcure implies the option to change your mind. It's an essential characteristic of abstract freedom to be able to change your mind. So I want this cup of coffee, but I can decide not to do that. And then I don't accept the cup of coffee and don't pay uh, the $2. I can withdraw from that agreement. Um, The accidental will or the arbitrary will um, is the foundation of the agreement, but it's also the possibility of the breaking of the agreement. So this will may just as well not be conformable to right, so not conformed to the agreement. Um, and in that case produces a wrong. Now that's interesting. The agreement somehow determines and fix, fixates my will. So when I change my mind now, there is a wrong. Um, when I changed my mind before... When we just looked at the arbitrary will on its own, uh, changing my mind doesn't mean a thing. It simply means that i um, well I, I now have a different object or I don't have an object any longer f- for my will. Um, there's There's nothing happening there. Um, it's just a process in which the free will operates as arbitrary will. Now, however, if there is an agreement, my change of heart, my change of will, produces a wrong. Now, the agreement still stands. The um, act by which I withdraw from the agreement does not nullify the agreement. Uh, By which, however, Hegel says, the absolute law, the absolute right, is not superseded, but only a relationship originated of right to wrong. So, by changing my mind um, while having an agreement, I produce an injustice, unrecht. So we now have an expression of freedom in which um, the arbitrary will has two sides. On the one hand, it is the basis for the agreement. On the other, it is the withdrawal from that agreement which however does not nullify the agreement there is a fixity within the contract Uh, as soon as I exercise my arbitrary will against the agreement um, I will stumble against that fixity there is recht that is the agreement and there is unrecht that is the withdrawal the change of heart Now this relationship of right versus wrong is necessary it's a necessary development if you only have a society that is based on contract you will continuously have relationships of right and wrong Um, the right will still stand the wrong will be the um, uh, character of the action taken by us Okay, that is paragraph 495. Um, The free will is not completely determined by the agreement. In order to exercise itself as freedom, it has to oppose the agreement, and it will do so. Um, Not all the time, but uh, in principle, uh, it can do that. It's aware that it can do that. And the question is, what makes it so um, difficult to um, withdraw from an agreement that's not the agreement itself it's very easy to withdraw from an agreement simply by changing your mind Um, the agreement then still stands because it has a kind of objectivity a fixity um, over against my arbitrary will but what now is um, uh, going to be the full expression of freedom which at the same time means the, um, uh, the upholding of all agreements. In a society that is only based on contract um, you have a lot of injustice. Um, depending also on um, how you view the agreement and whether you are in agreement about the nature of the agreement Um, there would always be room to to wriggle out of of an agreement. It would be a very chaotic society indeed. Okay, um, let's look now at paragraph 496 to see the consequences of this falling apart of the agreement in a relationship of right to wrong. So I I invite you now to read paragraph 496. And just pause the video, pause the audio, I mean, and we'll take a look at the German version um, first. Okay, welcome back. Paragraph 496, that's the first paragraph of section C, Das Recht gegen das Unrecht. Das Recht als Dasein der Freiheit im Äußerlichen fällt in eine Mehrheit von Beziehungen auf dies Äußerliche und auf die anderen Personen. Dadurch gibt es zum Ersten mehrere Rechtsgründe, von denen, in denen das Eigentum sowohl nach der Seite der Person als der Sache ausschließend individuell ist, nur einer das Recht ist, die aber, weil sie gegeneinander sind, gemeinschaftlich als Schein des Rechts gesetzt werden, gegen welchen dieses nun als das Recht an sich bestimmt ist. So, first, the English translation law or right considered as the realization of liberty in externals, das äußerliche, the external, breaks up into a multiplicity of relations to this external sphere and to other persons. So we have this very concrete multiplicity of relations, um, at least two of them. So there is my partner in the agreement and myself, and we want the same thing, or we want an exchange. Um, Now, uh, as soon as there is an agreement, there is... um, titles or grounds at law. It says here in the next sentence. In this way there are first several titles or grounds at law of which seeing the property both on the personal and the real side is exclusively individual, of which only one is the right. So we have several claims. Um, You can have that. Uh, We saw that you can withdraw from the agreement and then you have... Um, right versus wrong but you can also change the agreement, you can change several agreements or several stipulations of the agreement Um, you can have several persons um, uh, claiming uh, the same property Um, you can have a a very complex um, uh, situation in, in which there are various claims uh, or titles at law, um, and every individual has the option of claiming something, and that claim is always in opposition to someone else's claim. So only one is the right. Only one is the right, but but which, because they face each other, uh, weil sie gegeneinander sind, while they are. In opposition to each other would be a better translation. Each and all are invested with a show of right. Now, with a with an illusion uh, or appearance of right would be better. Appearance of right, shine des rechtes. um Again, against which the former is defined, defined as the intrinsically right. So, there are many claims, and each of these claims has to take on the form of a reference to the agreement. That's necessary. You cannot simply claim uh, by taking it by force. That's not a way to establish a claim. So you have to uh, produce something. You have to produce an argument. Argument uh, to show that you have a right to a certain property. Now, only one can be right, there's Recht an sich. So we have an objectivity at work here. Um, An indication of the true universal Uh, only one of these claims can be right if they are all um, in opposition to one another It's, it's not simply a chaos of competing claims and the one who wins by force would be then the right one no one of them is lawful one of them is in accordance with the true agreement that uh, was established in reality and the others simply claim to be but they are shine they are just the illusion or the appearance of right so we had right versus wrong and now we have the intrinsically right versus the um, appearance of right and so the wrong is not simply the opposite of right The wrong is something that disguises itself as being right, um, and the intrinsically right has to be discovered. Now, what makes it so interesting at this stage is, again, as I said before, the idea that this right, this true agreement, um, has uh, an objectivity, um, and that my subjective withdrawal from that agreement cannot uh, undo it it cannot be uh, be made um, uh, nullified it cannot be nullified that is interesting because that is an indication that the true expression of freedom is in something that is objective and that is now in opposition to my subjectivity in opposition to my arbitrary will and that my arbitrary will which grounds the agreement, which grounds the objective uh, form of it, which grounds the reality that I want to achieve, um, can try to uh, withdraw from it, change it, but it cannot. So the objectivization or the realization uh, which presupposes my arbitrary will uh, is now something that comes into opposition with that same arbitrary will. Now this is an interesting notion, because it seems to be in opposition to what we found before, that true freedom is arbitrary will. Well, take arbitrary will, see that you have to have some kind of relationship between individual arbitrary wills that in truth exists. Uh, in the form of the agreement or the contract. And as soon as you have a contract, which is the product of two uh, cooperating arbitrary wills, you have something that is objective uh, over against my um, free arbitrary uh, uh, will that cannot change all of that. First indication, therefore, that we have... um, uh, in, in, the, in the course of the development of liberty, it's very important to find out that liberty produces an objective reality and that that objective reality transcends the power of my arbitrary will and that is an indication of how um, uh, freedom in society works. Ultimately that freedom will express itself in the objective system that we call society Um, it remains arbitrary uh, as something individual as something that is particular uh, that belongs to me, that has my characteristics etc what is now required of me ultimately is that I affirm the objective system that originated uh, from my arbitrary will and that uh, that, um, uh, encompasses the um, conditions uh, of my arbitrary will and the objectivity that my arbitrary will produces and that is in opposition to that arbitrariness is at the same time the condition of the existence of the arbitrary will Uh, so the denial or negation of that objective uh, system of law uh, that is the true expression of my freedom would be uh, self-destructive because I would negate exactly the conditions under which my arbitrary will is possible uh, in the first place. The arbitrary will is not a, uh, let's say, an anthropological given. It's a product And at the end of this investigation, we will find that it is uh, the state, or the modern liberal state, that actually uh, gives us the conditions under which we can have uh, something as the experience of liberty as arbitrary will in the first place. Okay, that's paragraph 495 and 496. Um, I hope uh, you have enjoyed this and um, we'll continue uh, later this week with paragraph 497. Bye-bye.